mixing gum, I believe. Possibly. I'm hoping so. Possibly. Makes my job a whole lot easier. Hell yeah. That's what we're about here. Efficiency. Efficiency? Yeah, clearly. Efficiency. As we record on this Wednesday night. Yeah. <laughs> three day three night delay because I fell asleep. We well we both like on the first fucking night we were supposed to record, we both fucking fell asleep right after watching a three hour Batman v Superman movie. And then the next day it must have just And then I was asleep again. Yeah. <laughs> working man. Working yeah. man. No, I'm a, I'm a working man right now. Yeah, yeah, that's where we are. I'm I'm living the director life right now. Actually, I'm 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 living the dream. I'm directing a. Well, I won't say right now. Actually, I, a, I did see project. the Instagram post. Uh, I, I, oh, did I, you? I didn't know what I did like it. I thought I know you liked mine. Thanks yeah. for the the boost. I'm, I'm, my numbers well, are course. significantly down though. Since is that your dog in that picture? No, no, that's my buddy's dog, Odie. Oh, okay. Old nice, guy, sweet. he's deaf now, but good dog. Nice. Oh, that's how old is he? Uh, fucking, he's got to be up there, 13, 14, I don't know. Small dogs live a little longer, but he's up there. Like, he's he's an old-ass dog. Yeah, mine, mine just turned two this week. We had his birthday. We celebrated with some, uh, some, what did we do, actually? I've never celebrated my dog's birthday ever. Yeah. I never really know no, what we, it is. We... <laughs> really? Well, they're always, like, farm dogs. What do you mean? Like their their dogs are always accidents. Like we never know when their birthdays are. Like oh, we don't get true. them from like breeders. We get them from just random people. Uh, that... Shelter? No, not even. Oh, like just just people that have them. Sometimes around. the neighbor's dog wanders over on the farm, and yeah, you know, lo and behold, it's next thing you know, family. they're like, oh, we have puppies. Huh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that that's pretty sick. Then like that's that's like you're not paying overpriced prices for dogs. Oh god, I guess. no, no. no. People yeah. just want like get the fuck out of here. We don't need these yeah. things. I think like the dog market is a pretty lucrative business. We're talking about that real quick. I have a buddy that's like really into that breeding dogs and um, trading them, especially trading and breeding. And it's like, yeah, I mean they're fucking expensive, so I can see the hype. <laughs> especially during COVID, they were pretty much sold out. Lucky I got my dog before that. Yeah, I think a purebred Saint Bernard. Last time I checked, was in the couple grand, couple two to three thousand dollars for a purebred Saint Bernard. Oof. And I think ours, Buttercup, who's completely purebred, we got her for like six hundred bucks. So like, complete steal, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Highway robbery that is. Six hundred bucks. Saint is Bernard. it? Yeah. Is it like okay? I don't know how you see your dog in like in your family dynamic or anything, but like. Surely in my house, like my parents, oh, not my parents, I wouldn't put it on them. My whole family is pretty much nuts since we got solo our dog. And like, oh, you'll see it when you, when you even see him. Like it's, he's pretty much like a sibling to us, like as much of a, a son to my mother as I am. Let's just say it like that. Like she gives him that much attention and love and all that, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, like it's even weird to even talk about like buying a dog because it's like, it's almost like buying a person. Like, there's just a dog market. There's just, like, you know, I, I, I understand its existence, but it's, like, almost after having a dog, you're like, wait, what? Like, that was just an easy transaction, like, like just like you that. Just like, I just send now. some guy money on, yeah, like, I literally, like, on Kijiji, just see a dog, pay him a couple hundred bucks, almost a grand, 
and at a park you can just do a transaction and like that's almost how like adoption works like with kids like not at a park that'd be weird but that's not how adoption works with kids man there's a not on kijiji yeah i know i I don't mean to simplify it not on kijiji and all that i hope not you know i hope that's not going on but i mean in (laughs) the sense that it's whoever (laughs) is going on kijiji to buy a kid doesn't deserve to be a parent in the first place yeah exactly or selling their kid on kijiji for people to buy i mean i'm sure my parents got close (laughs) a couple times (laughs) <laughs> oh boy anyways all right off to the start welcome to mythic yeah. morons i'm cheney yeah and i'm sid and uh we're in our snyder series as we would say yes we're, we're dissecting the films of Zack snyder the dc films of Zack snyder yeah uh let's just say it's snyder's eve for the snyder cut yeah um, i guess it's good first time i'm gonna see you in like well over a year i'd say Jeez, it has been a while it has been a while yeah that's cool yeah it's been so long uh, since i've seen certain people it's craziness yeah if it hasn't felt like a year since i left school but i don't know it's it's been a muddy year it's been a mucky one i know i was just realizing that the other day it's like a year ago like a year and a month ago um i finished up university and now i'm like in my master's and it's completely different vibe it's so weird it just yeah. time flies um and when time doesn't fly that's when you know you're watching batman v superman well when you look at it in that context from like when when um even the first justice league came out like you think like how much time has flown since that movie has come out to the point where we're at now talking about the snyder cut being a thing like an actual thing like it, it feels like we've slipped in at some point between now and then we've slipped into a parallel like dimension where we're now graduating university and there's the Snyder Cut. Like, it Jesus it feels Christ. weird to say both of those things in one sentence. I don't know. Yeah, it's the first Justice League 2017. Like, fuck. That was like first year university, bro. Literally. Second year. Well, yeah, November, I guess. Yeah, second year university. God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, um, Wow, and four years later, people got what they wanted. People got what they asked. It's actually crazy that this thing is actually happening. It, it it's a pretty monumental, like it just in the landscape of movies being released, directors sort of having a uh, uh, on a choice, like or not a choice, but like an artistic voice. You know, this is like a big moment for those kind of achievements. Like this is Zack Snyder sort of getting his getting what's deserved, what he deserves. Um, and just having a full movie release that's not going to be fucking two hours long two hour mandated cut like he, here's my thoughts on it just a precursor to our our justice league uh episode and obviously our watch for it i feel like this like how all of this sort of worked out it's it, it couldn't have worked out really better for the film itself for the four hour justice league cut because you know, say Zack Snyder doesn't leave uh, in 2017 and say like Joss Whedon doesn't come back, there's no way a four-hour cut of Justice League would have made it to theaters. No, Like, not an R-rated movie, not four hours long. It would have been like two and a half hours, maybe 245 max, you know. But four hours would have been like the longest movie ever put into theaters. So them having HBO Max as a platform and really just being like fuck it throw in an r rating in there too show all the blood that we want to show show unfiltered really snyder yeah it's gonna be it really is gonna be the most unfiltered 
raw Snyder movie to date. And when you think about it, like most of his movies have had to have director cuts or extended cuts, you know, and this is really just the studio saying, you know, do your thing, man. So that's that's interesting. I'll say it like that. It is interesting. I don't know. Zack Snyder is such an interesting case piece to me. I don't know. He's just so weird how he needs. Like, again, I think that like he'd be better suited to writing TV at this point. Like, honest to God, he'd be better suited at writing TV. Um, and I commend him for trying to undertake this massive project with the DCEU. Like, I don't know, like, what he expected because I think Warner Bros. just came to him. It's like, hey, you want to do what Marvel's doing, but with DC? And he's like, what are you going to say no to that? Um, but it seems like along the way, things got jumbled up. He uh, he got fast tracked by the studio, and that's where a lot of the issues with Batman v Superman come into question where a lot of this movie isn't actually about batman versus superman Mm. it's about setting up future movies this is more of a setup movie than even like age of ultron was oh i was you you beat me to it i was thinking the same movie yeah no 100 percent though and and like that just they were rushing like they were trying to do the marvel thing which was like get to your big team-up movie but they didn't put in the work like and I'm talking about Warner Brothers here, not like Zack Snyder, the director. You know, this is a these are executive decisions that are were at play and sort of guided the last few years of their release. And just like if you look at it, like on paper, like DC is pretty much at reboot stage right now on all their projects. So yeah, like they they completely sort of missed the point of like what made Marvel great, which was the time and sort of yeah just the time and effort put into each individual character expanding on their stories and arcs and building like a tapestry of like different layers of storytelling on top of each other and they basically bring Zack Snyder in and say okay you have three movies to do that and then on the third movie bring in everybody bring in the entire league together in three movies so like that's a fucking you know what do you do with that right well like I said better suited as a tv series like honest to god and uh, i'm kind uh, of with sh- you on sh- that I'm, i i would have rather seen this entire entire thing played out like on an hbo max type of you know seven ten season long game of thrones-esque series like that would have been fucking epic mm-hmm. and here's the thing about and this was quite evident watching batman v superman um this is this is one of the most interesting imagine one of the most interesting interpretations of of a dc um universe Mm. that being said it's not exactly the most accessible and that's why i think one fans and critics didn't like it um and then even for the dc fans because everything was rushed by the studio we couldn't really enjoy it as much as we wanted to so that's where everything just kind of falls apart on the creative side of of this movie only certain amount of people can really enjoy it and then on the general audience side because of the studio interference on Zack Snyder that had a negative annotation going on with it too so you get like this negativity coming from both sides Mm -hmm. and then that combines in the middle and that's why this is regarded as a horrible movie Um, and after watching it it's actually not as bad as I remember it being ooh 
now in, in the context in the context of where we are today yeah after yeah okay good good you mentioned that also but also you're watching in this version that we're going to discuss we're watching and talking about the ultimate edition which is a three-hour yes. cut and you previously probably only watched the theatrical release yeah i've only watched this is the first time watching the ultimate yeah cut, so you so. could confirm as like a new viewer into it or coming back to this after a couple of years like the ultimate edition like it, it it brought those scenes that at least made a fluid movie like it made that story make sense which was in the theatrical cut of batman vs superman was just like almost at a point of nonsense like what was going on mm-hmm. of plot yeah I, I i remember lex's plan making no sense right and then going through the ultimate edition like when certain scenes actually happen with the impact that Zack Snyder's looking for. Like, I actually went like, oh, fuck. Like, that's that's actually pretty good. Yep. Um, his plan is actually really smart. Yeah. And the only thing wrong with Lex in this movie is, um, one, the modernization of him, and two... <laughs> you don't like Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. Yeah, you just no, say it. Just say it. You don't like Jesse Eisenberg. Not in this role. Not in this I like role. Jesse Eisenberg in, in general. I mean, I like all him. I see when I see Jesse Eisenberg now is, like, either now you Zombieland. see me or... Yeah, Zombieland is Zombieland. old at this point. Like, no, not even... Even in Zombieland 2, he was more like fucking Mark Zuckerberg fucking... Or Now You See Me, his character in that movie. You know, he he's... Be, like, I don't know. He, maybe he's just so iconic in the in the social network that it's it's changed my frame of reference for him now. I don't know. Um, but it no, actually, I would disagree with you in that. Like, I, I, or I would even disagree with myself on that. Like, I don't mean to get into a tangent about um, Jesse Eisenberg just now, but... I would have to say, like, after getting back to this movie after a couple of years, I've I've grown to just appreciate his being in this movie. Okay, so when we talk about this movie, we're coming at it from a, like, you know, not a review in a, I think, in the moment sort of thing, but we're talking about this is a now five-year movie, so let's, you know, we're sort of referencing a five-year movie it's not new anymore everybody knows what happened and the story behind it so i think in in the time that's passed the more we've sort of lived with the fact these characters exist in the way they're sort of portrayed you know that's i think that's that's possible to change opinions over time even like i'll I'll say like this too on youtube now that there's this whole snyder hype and snyder cut hype I've seen videos of people going back and making re-reviews of Batman versus Superman, you know, and just saying, taking back their old criticisms for Rotten Tomatoes made a video about this literally where they were like reading their old reviews and read like restating them almost to say like, no, yeah, actually like after hindsight, these movies were pretty special because, you know, there wasn't really, there wasn't this kind of stuff going on back then when you look at the superhero movie landscape, but, um, but anyways yeah, these are just such different movies to what we're getting now so everything different cookie cutter everything yeah. is like formula it's like oh wow like this is, it actually was quite refreshing watching this and i want to circle back on the lex thing yeah because it's not that um like his like once again like his plan was actually terrifying and well thought out like in the movie and i'm like okay cool um the again like the only thing i had issue with was one the way he was presented and mm. two the way he was acted mm. and if like as I was watching the movie and I was actually listening to what Lex was saying, yeah. I was like, oh, those are good lines. Oh, those are something like Lex Luthor would actually say and think. 
And it really helped to just sit back in my chair, close my eyes, and imagine it was Brian Cranston Ooh. doing the lines instead. Wasn't that a fan and, theory, like leading up to the movie, that, like Brian Cranston oh, was gonna yeah. be? Oh yeah. yeah, man! Like that would have been fucking epic. I I picture I him imagine. being I picture him being the father. Like you know how they that he's like always subtly referencing the father, or like mm-hmm. Lex Luthor as a father. Like in my head, my own head canon, I think like the Lex Luthor we all wanted exists like that badass fucking terrifying lex luther he exists in this universe but he's this guy's father so imagine having him as a father like what would the kid turn up like like a complete psychopath so i'm fine with brian cranston being the real lex luther and we didn't get to see him in that movie and i'm also fine with the fact that his kid like whatever i know this doesn't really make sense but like if jesse eisenberg is sort of like lex luther jr like he's in the mix of or in the middle of like joker and attained lex luther let's say he's sort yeah. of psychotic i mean well lex is technically psychotic yeah in like the comics and shit but it, in his portrayal in this in the, even his portrayal in this movie it's like semi you know psychotic well, psychopathic at, <laughs> I mean, at the end yeah. which is actually something cool because it kind of references a, a genre i'm into which is like okay. crafty and stuff cool because Oh, that's an interesting connection. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have guessed like a Lovecraftian connection. Well, think well, think about what happens. Like he goes into an alien ship and he gets all this sure. knowledge and he ends up communicating with Wolf and uh, wait, is it, what, it's not Wolf and Step um, Steppenwolf, <laughs> Steppenwolf, not right. Wolfenstein. Yeah. Anyways, he ends up communicating with Steppenwolf. It was actually like I for, was that was that in the theatrical cut? I don't remember it. No, being there. no, no, Definitely it wasn't. Not. And that like actually shocked me when I watched it. I'm yeah. Like holy fuck, that Steppenwolf. I'm like, oh okay. Um, so like being able to do that, like communicating with the great ones in outer space, that's a love, very Lovecraftian thing. Yeah. And then even from that, even the fact that he like up, had a kid with Zod it, kind of, is that confirmed? You, he had a what? Like doomsday is sort of his kid in the movie, like sort of an offspring of Lex Luthor. That's pretty oh, fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. That is a little fucked up. Where he... <laughs> I mean, like that's what it is, right? Okay, I, th- I think I forget. In the, in the theatrical cut, Doomsday kind of just shows up. And here they actually give an explanation as to why he's there. Yeah. Because he looks through the archives, like all of the all of the Kryptonian knowledge, and he finds the Kryptonian abomination, Doomsday. Yep. And then he it's like, he oh, okay. even says it like very Game of Thrones, like blood of my blood, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Doomsday was I his kid. <laughs> I still don't know why he thought about you using Doomsday. Like, is, was he just psychotic or did did they just need a big cgi thing for them to fight mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. good questions I think good questions i think it's more the latter yeah let no we'll get it we'll get into that i i do want to again roll back to the lex Luthor thing just for a second because i want to highlight why i think and you touched on this like his plan is pretty you know um like it's a pretty evil master plan that logically kind of makes sense as conv- convoluted this movie like the plot kind of is like when you catch on to the threads like okay no there's like it it sort of logically progresses together and makes sense and you know people might hate this or love this i'm going to compare this movie for a second to captain america civil war okay both movies came out around the same time of each other both movies very similar in nature you know you have two superheroes going very two iconic superheroes let's say uh going head to head and eventually coming together and going after the evil the other evil threat um civil war was like a way more highly regarded 
critically regarded like made more money more popular in theaters like it was all of that and like everybody like beat the shit out of batman vs superman when it came out but like when you watch civil war and you try and figure out what the villain's plan in that movie is it's complete nonsense like it like i'll say like go watch civil war again and within the first like 30 minutes if if the plan of the villain makes sense to you like i'll give you a hundred dollars like it even you know there there's like comic book movies which i think batman versus superman is but then there's like i don't know just kids movies like just like alvin and the chipmunks type of shit and and sometimes i think like marvel actually just leans into those like very disneyified choices in their filmmaking which is like mm-hmm. let's let's throw logic out the window let's throw like a grounded storytelling effort like let's throw all that out let's just try and get our way through this and we sort of like you know we've pointed that out before like most recently wanda for sure did that or sorry wandavision um but like when you compare the villains from this movie and civil war it's it's like lex luther is like a real fucking person like a megalomaniacal person and who has this extremely convoluted plan but it's really right. smart like it it he figures out how superman is like who superman is and i'm like yes like th- that's exactly how you would want to find out who superman is like he would he picked up the threads of like okay there's some sort of connection between lois lane and superman let's provoke him let me pr- let me try and see if my theory about this is right and in the opening scene or like not the opening scene but in the beginning of the movie with the whole terrorist attack and superman comes in and saves lois from the from the you know when she's held captive like that was all a setup for lex to just prove himself right like okay now i know there's a connection here and i'm on to something one to prove himself right and two to um to frame a war crime on superman right exactly so multiple things because like because one he he notices ever since metropolis the bat's been back yeah and he's known about the bat because everyone's known about the bat beforehand yeah, he's like um, twenty years in the into the game, Batman. Mm-hmm. He's a veteran Batman. Right. Here. So he wants Superman dead. So who's the one person that could probably do it? Mm-hmm. Um, well, everyone knows about the myth of the Bat, so it's probably Batman. So mm-hmm. one uses that opening scene as a way to test the connection between Lois and Superman. Two sets up um, a framed war crime on Superman that he has to answer for, which leads to a later part of his plan. Three starts the ramp up of Batman wanting to take down this guy okay i have a question for you now sorry go on finish finish your point first and then i'll ask you the question right then from the war crime the the setup of the war crime the superman answers for because of course he would he's the big blue blue scout Mm. he frames another thing on him and that gets the batman even more invested and lo and behold it's like two two Um, sides just getting amped up at each other more and more until eventually he forces him to fight him to the kidnapping of his mother because of course he knows who his mother is so it's actually not even like that convoluted like it is like there's certain complications but like it's a pretty straightforward plan yeah just like well the three hours really like lets that breathe out so i can like Mm -hmm. it it, i would still say even for like a three-hour movie it becomes like like not tedious but i want to say like one notch below tedious like it's like it's okay not tedious in a bad way it's engaging in a way that like it really makes you 
follow along the plot like it makes you pay attention rather than dumb your brain like turn that part of your brain off that attentive part of your brain off and just watch this blow up action movie you know it really it's asking you pay attention to the plot here because there's some complicated stuff we're trying to tell you you know so i like hey like big big choices there big asks of a movie in a, in a blockbuster superhero movie but um i, I want to ask you a quick question because there could be some confusion on this do you think lex luther's plan was for batman to take out superman like who did he want to, who did lex luther want to eliminate foremost batman or superman because superman okay but then at the end of the like at the confrontation between superman and lex luther he tells him i want you to take out the batman uh, he, right, he kind he's... of outlines very clearly i want you to take out the batman it's right almost, but he knows yeah. that the batman is is the best chance at killing superman at this point and then he has his fallback plan with doomsday yeah doomsday is his which, fallback. Would, which would just land him in trouble but he doesn't care as long as superman's dead it, so i the, almost the... felt like i almost felt like his plan if i'm just trying to get into the psychology of lex luther here in his world domination plan right if he takes out bruce wayne batman like okay let's just say before this movie even starts this movie even starts um Lex Luthor knows Bruce Wayne is Batman, right? Like, say he is right. he's he has this information, he knows it. What like this? Both these guys, multi billionaires, you know, whatever. What if his whole plan is like, let me take out my biggest competitor, Bruce Wayne, out of this, out of this, uh, you know, out of the world. Essentially, he's a like Lex Luthor is a criminal underground leader. And he's also like an industrial leader rivaling uh, Wayne Industries. So it's sort of killing two birds with one stone if he kills Batman and Bruce Wayne. He's take he's clearing that underground sort of um, hero. Well, he's just hoping one of them would kill each other. But in, I think... I think he wanted both of them to die. But Because well, yeah. like, that's why he had Doomsday prepared. Because he knew Intent- if Superman killed Batman, now somebody had to deal with Superman. Otherwise, Superman yeah. would kill Lex Luthor. Um, antagonistically though um, and philosophically it yeah. was all leading up to Lex wanting to kill Superman because and that's part of Lex's character he, um, he's just disgusted by the mere yeah. existence of Superman existing like and everyone liking him because he isn't a man technically okay. he's yeah. an alien mm-hmm. and Lex likes to think of himself as the pinnacle of mankind itself um, yeah and he's got and some huge daddy issues Right, and he has daddy issues, and he has issues with you know this almighty savior that's sort of um, just wasn't there for him, and he feels like if this one person can actually be there for everyone, then there shouldn't be this person to begin with. So um, philosophically, it was all leading up to Lex wanting to kill Superman. Okay, but, that's uh, why I still like my only gripe with like where this becomes sort of convoluted which is like where does the whole batman manipulation come from like why would he just manipulate batman if he was going to do doomsday all along like if that was his ace in the hole you know what i mean doomsday doomsday would have put him in hot water obviously right he's completely liable for doomsday whereas batman is independent of the law okay batman kills superman then he can wash his hands clean scot-free that makes sense but in the event of it failing then fuck it like that's just ideologically i'm just gonna 
throw everything in the wind and do this instead. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying. That that makes sense. Um, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. See, like I I don't when I say convoluted, I don't mean in a bad way. I just mean this movie really like it begs conversation because there's a lot of threads that you can sort of pluck upon and and you know have various opinions on and mm-hmm. even like even the jesus sort of christianity metaphor that's very um let's say forefront at, at of these movies at the forefront yeah no kidding yeah uh which is one of cheney's favorite things about Zack snyder's filmmaking it you know I, I i still like maybe i don't know i'm not as connected to those interpretations i still feel like this is like Snyder is constantly like showing you things and saying I'm not like telling you to make these connections but let me just throw it in there and you think what you ever what you want to think you know it's sort of a messy mixed pot of ideas and things coming together and it's like what you make out of it like what what you take is gonna be the picture you build in your head you know it's like that will be your movie um and yeah i don't know like i i think that's for a good thing like i i very i thoroughly enjoy this movie like the ultimate edition of this movie it 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 has you know the action that of that you want to see out of a batman or super movie i still think this is some of the best like on-screen batman action that we might have gotten in cinemas like recently yes visually batman is the best it's been um I don't like this Batman. Which part? The Ben Affleck aspect of it? Or... No, I don't mind Ben Affleck. I think Ben Affleck does a fine job. Um, I think visually the suit. Batman looks great. Um, mm-hmm. Like the way he moves, the way he fights. Um, but The character. Like the, the, the man, the motivation behind right. the man. Like, I think he took like because even in like the dark knight returns which is what this Mm -hmm. batman is based off of um like yeah he's like a mean guy but he's never like cruel if you know what i mean like he's just an old mean man he's not like sadistic this batman's a little too sadistic for my taking it's like he enjoys he's off the deep end a bit yeah he's he's getting there yep which is more in line with um the flashpoint batman which is Thomas oh yeah, Wayne. which is Thomas Wayne, sure. Yeah, right. So like, you can t- t- still have the Flashpoint Batman. Like, I'm well, I'm sh- I wish they would have saved that for a Flash movie, which we might still get actually. But, um, I I it makes me sick to my stomach that Batman uses guns in this movie. It just you just don't do that with Batman at all ever. It's just against the rules. And Batman straight up murders people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Batman doesn't kill man. Like the those those two are like two of the most cornerstone defining characteristics of Batman. Yeah. Batman doesn't kill. Batman doesn't use guns. Yeah. Ever. And I it's would, just like, there for many things. I'm like, so why is like the second time we're seeing Batman in this continuity is him like just fucking strolling around with an AK. Yeah. I, I, like, I have a response to that or okay. I, I have my response to that, not the response, but Sid Grover's response. Let's say like that. Okay. My response to that is what we are seeing in this movie is Batman after he's lost Robin at the hands of the Joker. This is a Batman that has 
lived through the Joker being, or sorry, yeah, the Joker murdering Robin, the kid he adopted off the streets and trained to become just like him. And when you think about how fucked up that is, like in a in a grounded, realistic sense, you know, you orphan, you know, you adopt an orphan. You're like, I'm going to teach you how to become Batman. He's like, no, I don't want to become Batman. I want to become fucking Tony Hawk. He's like, no, you're going to become like me exactly like me because the world needs more of this okay now that guy who's already pretty fucked up in his head has lost the kid that he took in what would happen to that guy and i think that's what this movie is exploring it's exploring batman literally off the deep end and it's in my opinion it very much is in the style of like a frank miller graphic novel because at the time of frank miller's graphic novels coming out like there there was you know how we say today there's like the cookie cutter superhero movies and something like this can be considered like uh you know non-traditional or against those type of uh movies or whatever like frank miller at that time would have been considered like that like he's going against the grain sort of non-traditional and sort of taking superheroes down a darker grounded path and i think that's almost like what snyder's doing here for and it it, it to success and also to failure to some degree i think um which i'll get into but i think this version of batman is sort of a not a based around a specific comic book definitely inspired by the dark knight returns like you said but it's definitely not that story you know but it's around the idea of what batman would be like after he lost robin which is a story you know we're all pretty most fans know of i wouldn't say we all but like most fans definitely know that story so i can i can follow the logic behind this batman after understanding that you know what i mean i can also follow the logic i just think it is fundamentally not what the character is but it that at the end of the day it's challenging what batman means like it's even in your own head as an audience because you as cheney are going into this movie with a this is batman and you still have yeah. that you still have that sort of archetype in your head even as you're discussing you're like in my head batman is like so even for snyder of- to challenge that in you is sort of like important i think like it's sort of it grows that character it grows that archetype of batman like what can you right. be you know and there's and there's one like it, it's hard to do like a deconstruction of batman when this is like the first time you're seeing batman in this continuity Sure. You know what I mean, and yeah, and yeah, sure. we have like I get what you mean. We, this is why I'm saying it's hard as f- like it's hard for more general people who aren't like like I'm like deep into the DC lore, so of course I know this is like sort of a deconstruction of what Batman is, or um, a, a, a different interpretation, a more hardcore interpretation. But like for most people, it's like they don't have the context as to why Batman would be doing. No, this. yeah, I think the average viewer who is like the last Batman they saw was, and the last thing they know about Batman was. The Dark Knight Rises, you know, that continuity, and they're now seeing Batman sniping people or shooting them with the machine gun on top of a Batmobile. I think mm. for those people, this is definitely jarring. Like, that's what it it is. It is still jarring to watch the Batmobile just hammer through people. But So I don't have a problem with people or creators mm-hmm. in general taking new strides or new steps at Batman. My only issue is that in the context of this movie and the general story it just doesn't seem fitting because this is supposed to be like i don't know it's really hard for like the most general 
audience. I don't know. I would disagree with you there. The, uh, this is the most general audience versions of these characters, and you're doing a deconstruction of them. I I no. See, I don't think so. I think both these versions of Superman and Batman, like when you say general audience version of Batman and Superman, in my head immediately I think Brandon Routh playing Superman or Christopher Reeves, and um like, uh, what's his name? What I mean by general Tim audience. Burton's Batman, like Michael Keaton's Batman. I mean, like, like right. very, like this is the Batman people grew up with for the last twenty years. And when you think about these, like Batman versus Superman uh, characters, it, it seems like these are just veteranized versions of them. Like these are, like you would have grown up knowing about mythology before getting into this movie. You know, so I agree with you at the point where new audiences might be like, or like just a general audience might be kind of jarred at both interpretations when thinking superman is supposed to be this happy-go-lucky smiling all the time saving kittens off a tree and batman's just supposed to be brooding and not shooting people this movie is not even meant for those people you know what i mean i know i know but that's what i'm saying it's like yeah when you're when you're doing deconstructions of characters um within established fan bases they shouldn't be the most accessible thing because they should be something that you have to work up towards whereas right and right. like i'm I not saying that. that as like a gatekeeper i'm just saying that's how it is and how to enjoy things like this mm-hmm. and like how to actually understand where this batman is coming from mm-hmm. you need to have a history of right well, so you're saying like, like a solo the, batman movie could have assisted this yeah 100 percent. like even like a solo bat like okay here's like for do you for to understand this batman you need to know the context of the dark knight returns you know the red hood storyline you need to know all yep. this background information beforehand mm-hmm. you need to know that true um and and then then you can even understand the batman and then even from that aspect yeah. like, even though i understand this batman it just doesn't sit well with me still and i don't know it, it it's just it's it was just a really weird and rash decision to do like a deconstruction of batman in the movie that you're introducing him to in this continuity um when we could have used some more background information beforehand and again that's probably just a studio rushing thing and if Mm -hmm. we had like a dark knight returns you know a couple months after metropolis happens batman gets back into action and we like we get flashbacks to the robin shit and like maybe red hood shows up wouldn't it cool um then that would have made sense but Mm -hmm. this is what we got and we're left with we're left with interpretations and like homework yeah i'll I'll sort of say this like which will lead into my next point uh which i think is important i think this like version of batman is sort of like what makes sense as to go up against superman like you sort of have to be crazy and unhinged to think what i'm doing is right you know and and i i don't know something about ben affleck portrayal his acting um even just the whole setup to this version of batman with the opening scene being batman's perspective of basically the third act of man of steel you know i like one of my favorite opening sequences of i think any superhero movie is is just the flip perspective of the ending of man of steel you know and just reliving that and then understanding this entire movie is built on the consequences of all of that so i i'm i just get hyped watching uh batman running through into the fucking smoke like that anyways yeah i think i think this version of batman is rightfully unhinged like i mean this guy's thinking to go up against superman and 
like in writing that kind of a character it it almost makes sense to think like the course of his life has that has led him to this point has sort of fucked him up it sort of it, it sort of made him make bad decisions which even like everything you're saying alfred in this movie calls him out on he says you're losing your shit bro like you're not supposed to be doing this we're not supposed to be working like this we don't operate like this you know he says like what's different between us and the other criminals like nothing nothing's different so this is like i agree with what you're saying this kind of requires you to do your homework and understand multiple storylines and eras of batman but I think it pays off when you do know those things. Like when you understand where this guy's coming from and what we're sort of seeing unravel, it it does sort of work. To my next point, which this leads into, and which is a criticism of this movie, is um, I think this movie, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, is just trying to be too many things at once. Correct. Yes. I think, and just might be the biggest flaw of this movie. It's like, you know, you could have done Dark Knight Returns let there be a standalone dark knight returns which is batman versus superman you know essentially and that can also work to your superman dark knight sequels. returns part two is batman versus superman dark knight returns part one is just sure. batman coming back sure i was saying the comic book but so, yeah yeah no that's the same thing yeah that's but what i'm saying it could it could exactly exactly it could be like the it could be a like if they if they wanted to expand the story into like exactly that format a part one and part two that could work beautifully give these guys like well like breathable arcs sort of you know so we can understand a good deal of context here and i think that might be another place where this movie suffers is like they have to give a lot of information in a kind of a short period of time so a little bit of exposition exposition here and there and for some people they like it can slow that pace down or it can just make things feel more convoluted you know mm-hmm. but um and you're, right, and you're right about it being too many movies at once because one yeah. it's trying to be a general popcorn film two is trying yep. to be a deconstruction of the superhero genre and three it's trying to be a setup film for future films and to juggle all three of those it just seems yeah. like a mess even even on top of that like when you think about what kind of comic books storylines is this adopting it's adopting the death of superman right the introduction yeah. of doomsday then the dark knight returns Mm-hmm. Uh, and it fill in the rest. Like I don't even know how much more there is. Like but, the world's like, finest with Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman teaming up. It's sure, like a, there you go. That too. Like I, as much as I love Gal Gadot in this movie, like don't even get me wrong. I think she brings like, you know, just like an added level of fucking finesse into this. Her, like wonder why is Wonder Woman in this movie? You know, like why? Because is she needed in it? Like it's cool to see her at the end. It's great, but is she needed in it? Like I don't know, man. Like save like. Don't 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 throw all your cards into one pot. You know what I mean, like, or don't throw yeah, all your coins. Even, whatever like, the fuck. Lay into is. the pot. She kind of just fucks with Bruce Wayne for a bit, and then Bruce Wayne's yeah. like, "I'm gonna fuck with you," but like for a bit, and then she's like, "Oh, the news is bad. I'm gonna stick around." And then she kind of shows up. But but she was like, even even in the sequence of events, she's like heavily debating herself. She's like at the airport almost to go on the plane before that she's somewhere else like it took her probably like a couple of hours to be like maybe i should right, step because in because she isolated you know? herself from the world of man yeah so like, okay that was her that was her yeah. quote-unquote arc in this movie and that's what i'm saying right if like if you had watched one if one woman had become out before this then this would have it would have made some sense oh for sure because you're getting a prequel leading into the modern day and then you're getting 
okay, like this reclusive woman storyline trying to like getting back into the world or whatever, like the superhero coming back. And that would have made sense. But I think, yeah, all in all, this sort of like the biggest kind of the biggest sort of, I don't know, the whole thing holding this movie back is really letting it letting these characters have breathability which right. is weird to say in a three-hour movie it's like how much breathability do you want you know right there's a lot of <laughs> uh, certain like they they breathe but they actually don't ever really say anything much especially like the the lowest lane character where she's like conflicted with mm. um she's conflicted with like having her job and her safety be at risk and then how that works in her relationship with clark but yeah now in the end it doesn't matter because clark is handsome and that's it so get in the bathtub and fuck me <laughs> that's a that was a memorable scene <laughs> wasn't no, it it those i don't know Cer- like certain scenes in this movie maybe really fuck that seemed like eyes. a that seemed like a soap commercial the way it was shot and like everything like that it was it was really yeah anyways um I don't know. I quite happen to like Lois Lane in this movie. I thought she had the right amount of. Uh, Maybe it's just Amy Adams that pisses of balls. me off. I don't know. It's just why is she always in places where she shouldn't be? That's her character. She's just she's she's you know she's just trying to have a dick measuring contest with every guy that she can walk up to. Her character you know? is like safety hazard. It, yeah, yeah. She's a she's a liability. Like anywhere she goes, shit happens. Like yeah. groundbreaking shit happens to some accord. <laughs> like it's not chill with her around. Yeah. And she's sort of okay, like I was watching this movie again. I, I, I love watching comic book movies with my sister because she if it's a movie she hasn't seen, she sort of like she's really smart about the way she thinks about it. Like she'll really if it doesn't make sense, she'll call it out, okay? So we're watching this movie. She hasn't seen this movie before, and we get to the scene where she, uh, it's Lois Lane talking to General Swanwick and this is the scene where in the movie it's meant to piece everything together for the audience it's supposed to make everything clear like what was the terror scene in the beginning about what is what the fuck is Lois Lane doing in this movie what is she going on about this bullet for right like there's this entire bullet subplot where you're like what is this about anyways this scene with General Swanwick is meant to tie everything together and in the scene Lois Lane gives General Swanwick the bullet and says, tell me about this bullet. And he says, this is not the U.S. government's bullet. This is Lex Luthor's bullet. And Lex Luthor had private militia in uh, wherever the fuck she was, the desert. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the most vital piece of information to this movie. Like, that information is what this entire movie hinges on right like that's everything lois lane is doing is leading up to that and my sister goes okay but like why does he know that why does he just give that to her the way they explain the movie is like classified information like it's the most deus ex written conclusion to like a sequence of events it was like the most like okay smart logical build up like wow mysteries growing like so much build up to it and it was just like Right. You just see the writer's pen moving in that scene. You know what I mean? If the CIA had that information, why didn't they tell Congress? Right. Ex- exactly. There was, like, bro, the fucking Senate just blew up, or the Congress, the House of Commons, whatever you want to call it. What did they call it? That's the <laughs> Is Canadian, that Canadian version. That's yeah, Canadian. that's... <laughs> that's damn right. We're fucking from Canada. So, 
anyways, the American version of the House of Commons, if I'm right there too. I don't even know. Yeah. But th- that shit blew up. And the FBI guys, like, no, we know what happened, but we're just not going to tell you. Like, I'd, okay, maybe Zach Slander knows more about the U.S. government than I do, and that's actually how they operate. And they're all going black ops fucking militia warfare on each other. I don't know. Maybe that's more realistic. But it doesn't make fucking sense. Anyways. That's, oh, it yeah. might be because secretly the government actually hates Superman and Lex they see is the only deterrent against him. So But who's the government? Swanwick? No, not Swanwick. Like, okay, think about that one guy. That one government official that Lex talks to. That like kind of just uh, lets yeah. him get access to anything. who? Yeah, who gets like fucking a cherry Jolly Rancher stuffed in his mouth? So that technically, was a weird scene. yeah. So technically, the government really doesn't like Superman, so they might let mm-hmm. stuff with Lex slide because they just hate having no control over him. Right. So it might be even like Illuminati deep state stuff, man. Yeah, they're a bit vague on that. I think you're getting at something, but the movie was very vague about that. That there's Bush like sort of a split in the government. Explosion. Well, that there is a split in the government, right? Because there's there's um Senator um the lady senator, Elastigirl. Elastigirl, yeah. Fuck, I didn't even know that. That's fucking great. She is like when I first watched the movie in 2016 when it came out I thought she was like meant to be an antagonist just the way she was sort of portrayed in the marketing and just how she sort of came across on screen I'm like oh she's the bitchy government lady who's just saying all what she thinks is right but what's actually not right and fuck her she's trying to arrest her man mm-hmm. and then you know as my brain matured through life through the years I became you know I read books I went to university I got a degree so I read some shit and I start reading look, I look at this movie and I'm thinking actually you know obviously well i'm sounding really fucking stupid well but she's she's like not that she's actually much more intelligent and um she's more on the side of justice fucking ironic enough dawn of justice but she literally is the most i think level-headed character in this movie where like i don't even know if level-headed is the right way to say it but yeah i think even level-headed like She's a government lady, so she has to be diplomatic and she has to be politically correct. And when she's asked the question, like, should Superman exist? And she responds, what he does. Like, that's such an appropriate response because, like, there's no point debating it. Like, the man is here and we have to, like, it's either we do something about it or we don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what this whole Congress, political, sociopolitical aspect of the movie is about. It's like, what do you do if Superman exists, if God exists? Do we as human beings try and mold that and control that into our will or do we do we let God be God essentially you know so and yeah just like the more I started really like listening to oh June Finch that's her name Senator June Finch just like the more she sort of even like bounced back at Luther you know she starts to clue into Luther's plan and that like okay no this is actually him manipulating the situation to get what he wants and get a weapon of war or like a weapon of assassination like she says in you know into his control and like no we can't have that we can't let any one person have this much power so i think like as far as well-written characters go i think she's probably one of the best in this movie and it's maybe i don't know like just a shame maybe it's a short span of the movie like i don't know what it is but i don't know maybe it served its purpose too 
but what, what what's your take on that what do you what's your take on the whole sociopolitical aspect of this movie and june finch and the um, p and the granny's phd and all that it's interesting but like i never i never really expected it coming out of a batman v superman movie to have like right? a yeah. political deep state plot um with regards to lex planning on assassinating senators that oppose yeah. him um but to be honest it was like the peach tea reveal is like my favorite thing in this movie so yeah it, that was like, a great scene just it, like the whole build up to it and everything was like fucking great it's kind of like a i don't know it's a it's a flip of the coin whether i was engaged with it or not um some oh really it was done well some of it wasn't like again the subplot with the bullet like that relates to the government stuff and yeah so it, it, it gives and takes i can understand like why people wouldn't want it because it, it is a lot of talking and communicating and one-on-one scenes and um you know you really do have to pay attention to lex's plot to get really you know what's going on so yeah i don't know it, it's a give or take thing for me i Again, like the PhD thing was my my favorite scene in the movie, so um, I guess I can forgive all the flaws just for that. But yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was fine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, um, I, it is it is a weird thing. I guess like just the amount of how political this movie was. Yeah. Uh, is I guess a it's like Phantom of the Menace level of like whoa wasn't expecting that to be that kind of movie. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, you know, a surprise uh, to be yeah. sure, but a welcome one. Oh, there, there he goes. That's how it works, kids. But I will say, also one of my favorite things about this movie is how they brought in, uh, like in the in the segments where Superman or Clark Kent is watching the news and he's sort of like digesting all the shit that's being talked about him. And there's like shots of Neil deGrasse Tyson and fucking Nancy Grace they got on there, and like I just found all that great. Like it's, it was like it was like the right amount of realism you wanted, like. You know the the type of realism they're trying to capture here. Mm-hmm. This just helped kind of bring that up, like that level, like to level. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's something I would have expected in like honestly Chris Nolan's movies, but like they did that here, which I appreciate. Here's one thing we don't like. We didn't even talk about Clark Kent or Superman, and like the issue yep. of his non-character kind of persists throughout this movie as well. Yeah, I yeah, I would say he is my. This is like literally one of my least favorite portrayals of Superman as disappointingly as much as I want to say otherwise like I, I yeah I'm just not a fan of this Superman especially in this movie yeah there also is like no difference between Clark Kent and Superman which really pisses yeah. me off because Clark Kent's supposed to be like a well gee Lois well he's supposed to like be such a ridiculous goofball idiot yeah dumbass and there's that... there's like one percent of that one percent mm-hmm. in this version of the movie in this ultimate edition version right um, there you know you get the scenes actually like and and these scenes weren't in the theatrical release, but you get scenes where Clark Kent is doing the whole detect uh journalist act. You know he's mm. full on playing Clark Kent, and he he sounds like Clark Kent too. I I love those scenes where he's in Gotham, talking to the citizens and and getting insight about what Batman Batman is like from the citizens' point of view, and he very much in those scenes like comes off as Clark Kent. 
like that traditional Clark Kent. Yeah. But then that's one scene or two scenes max. You know, right. Clark like, Kent's not supposed to be confident, like talking to the boss that way. That's just. Not... I'm kind of fine with that. Also, like maybe I I don't know how much I would want to see Clark Kent. I don't like. I'm not a huge fan. Well, here's the thing also. though. Like a lot of people, like I need that contrast because a lot of people are like, oh, it's just the glasses that separate Clark Kent and Superman. How do people not realize? For sure. For like sure. the whole point of Clark Kent being like this overly dorky character is that it's like this act to help people like not even consider piecing the two together so <laughs> if you know what i mean yeah so i i i, I like seeing car kind of be a little goofy yeah sure anyways sure man wow sure, well, man. this is a wheel of fortune uh uh <laughs> marathon going you, on you, you want to see a half an hour segment of clark Kent going through a telephone booth or going through a fucking i mean a, a spinning door transform it i'd like to see clark kent struggling to order a pizza is that a reference to something no it's just i don't know how i feel sometimes i struggle to order pizza oh, oh just you like, just want you want you want a regular joe clark kent you just oh want, lois did you want olives on that yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know if i'm in the same i don't know if i'm in the same boat as you on that one I, I, some... I gotta say i gotta say i'm i'm okay i like mind my feeling about like you on this topic is you're you like like more of the brandon routh superman than this like you're more comfortable watching I don't know what superman, superman like, returns man. yeah okay if you were to rank all three cinematic supermen i think there's three what would you rank them reeves number one I'd actually put Cavill on number two, to be honest. I don't Ooh. Know. Surprise. I didn't even like the... Like, I understand what they're going for with the Brandon Ruth one, but it's just like, I don't know. I did... You, and- you give that a rewatch. I, I actually watched that like a couple months ago, like pretty recently. Mm-hmm. It Surprisingly, like it's a well-written Superman movie. Like as far as just like a Superman story goes, like another kind of... Has its has its moments. I think it has right. its positive moments. That's what I'm. I'm. I need to dive into more Superman stuff because honestly, at this point, I don't know if a good Superman story can even be made anymore. Without like, without like decades of background comic knowledge, like needed. I don't know. Like, is that the case? Like, I feel like even with Man of Steel, like I, that felt new. That felt fresh for a Superman movie. And you know, okay, I my criticism about that, like, I'll still like say it i think if they just toned that movie up like brightened that movie saturation wise and contrast wise people would have less of a gripe about it like it's not a bad superman movie i don't think like it's not a like fucking just smiles and positivity and i don't know i'm bored of that version of superman that's how i personally feel about it i'm just i'm i feel like that's the most boring well, version superman, of superman was never like about smiles and positivity well, he pretty much is though. Like that's all you think. Like when you think Superman, you think like mm. the most like uh, Boy Scout superhero there is, and that's what he's literally made fun of for being by Batman, and that's why Batman is the coolest superhero there is. So everybody likes Batman the most. Yeah, but then people make fun of Batman for being too broody and dark, and like that's the contrast, and you need that contrast, especially yeah, with those sure. two. Especially with those two, um, when you have. I don't know. What, what was I trying to think of? Like, when I think of Superman, I think of, like, the animated series Superman. He was never, like, like no, smiley, he was, joyless. No, that was the man. No, that no, was, no, he was the G. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what I yeah, mean. Like, yeah. you need that strong, leader, yeah. will-powered 
No, he was the man. He was like a real. He was the leader of the Watchtower. Like he commanded shit. Like yeah, yeah. Gives no, it there all. There is no doubt. Inspires hope. He's like trying to be the best person. I don't think there will be. There will ever be a cinematic version like that. I think that that'll be fucking hard to pull off today. Like in today's world, that could have worked in like the nineteen sixties or seventies. But like that'll be really hard to pull off today. I think the more they sort of like try and make a grounded Superman movie, the tr- the more they're distancing themselves from that traditional classic Superman that that we all love like that that animated version you know like still like that is such a yeah that but yeah I don't know I don't know if that can exist in today's world I think it can't that's the closest we're gonna get I don't know to to, to yeah. something that I like would thoroughly enjoy because like I've never been like a huge sure. Superman fan but like that guy he's a motherfucking G so yeah like, I see st- I still I still only like him in that context I don't know if I would like him solo like that version of superman in justice yeah. superman show i like that version of superman as the leader of the justice league and bringing that balanced voice of leadership and calm and sort of control where everything else is fucked up and chaotic and like mm-hmm. you know yeah i don't know but good point there yeah i always thought like they actually have a good number of superman villains that they just don't choose to use like one they wasted doomsday in this movie i feel like the death yeah. of superman storyline is a huge fucking deal and they just kind of like threw yeah it as the third act for this movie is like yeah. really weird it's, it's, but like you got other weird. guys like parasite who like drains radiation um you got like i never understood like why metallo isn't more regarded like i think metallo is so cool who's the uh the um kryptonite powered like cyborg character oh okay yeah he's like he lo- he looks like a terminator and he's like he, is he like the superman looking character with half a metallic face no that's that cyborg him? superman but oh, that's okay, a different okay. cyborg superman's still cool too um S- superman's got a lot of weird villains too like bizarro's kind of funny uh-huh. but great um and of course like oh man they could have done Brainiac too. Like we've never seen a Brainiac in a movie, and Brainiac could be fucking terrifying. Yeah, that could be sick. Yeah, that would be terrifying. So there's so much potential for Superman stuff. I just don't know like if they know how to do it. Yeah. So I need I need to go back and like one probably read the comics that are like the most well regarded Superman stories just to see. Um, yeah. I want to get into like All Star Superman or something. I would even say like, give uh, give a rewatch to Brandon Rouse Superman. Just like sure. give that a good old uh, flashback or throwback. Speaking of like all star Superman, I think we're gonna get a little bit of that in Justice League's Snyder cut. So I might have to refresh on that beforehand too. Just Wait, like remind it. me what's the what's the storyline of that one? That's after the death of Superman is All Star Superman. Mm. Like the the death of Superman happens and an All Star Superman. Wait no. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's Superman Returns or All-Star Superman where he comes back. Where the black suit and the mullet. Black suit and the mullet. Is is that All-Star Superman? Uh, I don't think so. Which comic series is that from? Where... Superman has like the black suit with the mullet. Rebirth? Want to say or no? Oh, I don't know. 
How do I not know this? No, it's definitely not that. Oh well, you know what? I'll give him one point. But regardless, um, my point was that Superman was again like a non-character in this, and it's just, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate that they just choose not to do anything quite special with him. Um, he was just sort of like a mechanism to bring Batman into the movie. So um, I don't know. I, that's all I really have left to say in the movie. It's just it's a weird movie to talk about to watch again yeah it's it's, it, it's a mess it's, it's a good in some areas movie. it's a fucking mess in other areas yeah it's a dense like i feel like we've literally just scratched the surface of the movie we didn't talk about the nightmare sequence yet we didn't talk about i think that become more relevant like, in our snyder cut discussion 100 percent. yeah because in this movie the nightmare sequence is like i remember watching the theatrical version of this movie and the nightmare sequence happened and obviously the marketing showed it but when the when the actual thing happened in theaters like my jaw was to the floor but not in a good way and i was so like what is this like what did they just do did they literally really just put a dream sequence batman having a fantasy dream sequence in the middle of this movie to trying to take itself seriously like what is this and this is at a time where i just didn't understand Zack Snyder's vision I just didn't know what he was building to I didn't understand the scope of this movie or or of the whole series of movies that he was sort of planning um, and that's why I say like you know think talking about this movie and thinking about it at, at a like post almost five years now since it came out it it, it it feels much more it makes more sense now it makes more sense and it almost feels like we're talking about a cult movie where it's like you're expected to sort of um I don't know buy into these things or like you're like these are a given yeah. and like it, it's gonna make sense like you understand like no this it's gonna make sense eventually and like by tomorrow it'll make sense literally um hopefully actually i should say hopefully we don't know how well, he's got fucking four hours sense. to make sense of something so that's why i say i hope like i just hope something makes sense like this is like the closing of like eight years of confusion it almost feels like i don't know yes, i am confusion yeah mad confusion you're but, right this yeah. is like this is eight years in the making like this culmination it's pretty it's pretty cool it's pretty cool right yeah and like we've spent the last what four years walking around drunk and now <laughs> it, it feels like Zack snyder's spotting us some tylenol and orange juice exactly like hey i i just want to talk about Zack snyder for a second like as a filmmaker i think this guy's one of the coolest guys like i can i can see that yeah, I feel like he's like one of the coolest guys ever. Like if if, if we were at a bar and, and Zack Snyder was just also at said bar and we were like, hey man, can we like get you a drink and like nerd out with you for a minute? He'd be like, yeah, let's do that. Like I think he'd be really down to just nerd out with and be a cool guy to talk to. But yeah, that's my plea for if Zack Snyder does watch this episode, he's like, well, let me get on these guys' podcasts and talk to them one time. Like that will happen. It could happen. Maybe one day. But I want to say for a second, like, how crazy is it? Like, this guy made a movie, right? Didn't get to finish that movie. Some other director came in and finished that movie for him, but, like, just released the shittiest version of the footage he got and and still put it under his name, you know? How pissed, like, think about yourself in that position. Like, how pissed would you be? Or, like, how... I, I, I don't know. I feel like I would do, like, some very stupid shit and be like tweeting like that shit wasn't mine like i did not make that fucking bullshit like fuck joss Whedon. Like i don't know what i would say i really don't but 
I, I, I can't believe after four, what is it, four years now since Justice League came out, all, like, the only thing Snyder has really done is share, like, his positivity towards this vision of his movie and, and like, really just help, like, just garnered the fan support even more towards his vision. Like, in the most genuine way a filmmaker could about his his story, his project, his film. You know, it was... It was in the most, like, really just, like, down to sort of, like, human connection. Like, here, here's the story, guys, off Hollywood radar, off the big media things. Like, person to person, here's the story I wanted to tell and probably won't get a chance to do it. But, like, I don't know. Like, there's something so great about that story that I find. Like, it, it it's, like, a story of hope and a story of, like, justice, ironically. But, mm-hmm. um... Yeah. All um, those things. It's a great thing. Regardless of the quality, I'm glad it happened because it... Yeah. Yeah. It's just a nice story. It's a nice thing for Zach to finish off on. And I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of his work, um, but that doesn't mean I, I think he should get screwed over like that. So I'm glad he gets to finish what he started. Yeah. And with and that, yeah, with, yeah, I guess it's a good time. It's a good time to wrap. Yeah. Y'all so, can look forward to y'all can look forward to our Justice League video, not video. We don't make videos, we make podcasts. So Justice Week, Justice, uh, Justice League spoiler talk next week, big time, ASAP, big time, big Maybe talk. Our, make our four hour podcast. Movie. Yeah, our biggest. It might podcast. it might have to be because it's gonna be a four hour movie. So yeah, it's gonna be a long one. Biggest one since Tenet. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's for sure. It's well, think about it. This is like for me, I'm considering this a live movie watch. Like one, I'm watching it with you in person, so it's the first time we've linked up in a minute, and we're also watching a movie like with friends in a, on a big screen or semi big screen. You know, it's it's like going back to the theater is what it feels like. 100%. So, and last time I did that was Tenant. So literally, this is this is uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. So stay tuned for the next next. Uh, well, I'm having bear verbal hiccups today yeah yeah i don't troubles with words i don't know what it is but yeah stay tuned for the next mythic morons got justice league on the on the docket on the horizon on the horizon yeah better way to put it and uh yeah we'll get back to you soon signing off peace